Welcome to episode number two of the Professional Writer Podcast. Today's episode is titled, How to Act Like a Professional Writer Even When You Don't Feel Like One. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at my website, bloggingbistro.com. I received an email from a writer who's been blogging for 10 years, and she wrote, I'm still a novice. I've never taken it seriously. It's just fun and a hobby. She went on to tell me how she's experimented with several types of topical blogs over the years, including a travel blog, a recipe blog, a mommy blog, and a homeschooling blog. And now she's getting ready to start an author blog. She admitted that her blogging has been sporadic. And she wrote, I would like for that to change since I would like to be taken seriously as a writer. And she admitted that means sticking with blogging consistently. I was excited to hear from this reader because I sense that she is on the cusp of making major changes in her writing life. For 10 years, she's been writing for fun and as a hobby. She's been experimenting with different genres and practicing writing for different audiences. And now she's getting her writing published. She's starting a writing-related business, and she is ready to make the mindset shift from hobbyist writer to professional writer. At some point, in our writing life, those of us who want to write as a business face this decision-making point where we take this leap of faith from hobbyist to professional. Actually, for most of us, stepping into our new identity as a professional writer, I think is less like a leap of faith where you make a decision and jump right in. For most of us, it's more like crawling through a muddy swamp. This mindset shift is slow going. It's messy and there are lots of obstacles along the way. As I mentioned in episode one, there are three huge components into making that mindset shift from writing as a hobby or writing in my spare time into working writer mode or writing as a business, a profession, an occupation, or a career. One of those is cultivating a life of writing. And that means seriously pursuing whatever form of writing you want to do, not haphazardly, but seriously with commitment. In my new Professional Writer Podcast Community Facebook group, one person wrote that she feels passion and excitement when writing memes using her photos with words of encouragement or a quote. If you're unfamiliar with a meme, that's simply a picture that has words uh, overlaid across the top of the picture. So she posts these memes consistently as one means of growing her writing platform. But she says that most people pass off what she does as a hobby. And she wrote, if they only knew the work involved. So while others may view this type of short form writing, the meme writing, which can also be referred to as microblogging, as merely a hobby, this writer sees it as a viable means to forge relationships with her ideal reader. I think that she is a perfect example of someone who is cultivating a life of writing. She's making an effort every day to find meaningful ways to connect with her readers. She's not writing an 80,000 word manuscript. She's putting out more like eight words on top of a photo. It doesn't matter how many or how few words you write. What matters is that you cultivate a life of writing. 
Another key component involved in making the mindset shift from hobbyist to professional writer is thinking like an entrepreneur who's starting a business. That's what the Professional Writer Podcast is all about. It's learning what it takes and doing what it takes to transform into a professional writer. If you sense that you're somewhere in this transitional mindset shift phase, you are in the right place. Together, we are going to work on moving from passive action, which means consuming information and learning, to taking massive action, which means doing what it takes to transform into a professional writer. As you're listening to this podcast, you're taking what I call passive action. You're consuming information. Another person in our Facebook group commented that she spent the last several years reading and studying the art of writing. And both of these are fantastic things to do to prepare you for a life of writing. But guess what this writer discovered as she studied the art of writing? She learned that in order to become a good writer, you have to write. Huh. Who knew? <laughs> so if you're stuck in the passive action zone, I'm going to challenge you in every episode with action steps that will spur you to take massive action. I know that massive action sounds as if I'm going to ask you to do a bunch of really hard, complicated stuff, but I use the phrase massive action simply because it rhymes with passive action and it's easy to remember. My action steps are going to be more like baby steps. They're going to be simple things that you can begin doing right now. But compared to what you may have been doing, which is probably passive action, even one baby step will feel to you as if you're taking massive action. And you are. If you are truly committed to making the mindset shift into professional writer mode, you're going to listen, learn, and then you're going to apply what you're learning. That third step applying what you're learning is the most important one because you will only begin morphing into a professional when you start acting like one. Now let's explore five traits of a professional writer. Now this is not a definitive list. I'm sure that there are traits that I haven't included and I would love to hear from you about what you think the most important characteristics of a professional writer are. After you've finished listening to this episode, head on over to bloggingbistro.com and in the show notes for episode number two, you'll see a link to join the Professional Writer Podcast community on Facebook. Join the group and then chime in with your thoughts about the characteristics of a professional writer. So here we go, the five traits of a professional writer. Remember how I said that one huge component of making the mindset shift is cultivating a life of writing? That means seriously pursuing whatever form of writing you want to do. In order to cultivate a life of writing, you need to identify what you want to become known for. And for some people, this comes really easy. They, they just instantly know, oh yeah, I want to be known for writing 150 word devotions for moms of preschoolers. Or... I want to be known for writing historical fantasy romance novels that take place during the Arthurian period. I want to be known for writing a centrist political blog for U.S. voters who consider themselves moderate independents. For most writers, however, deciding what we want to be known for is exceptionally challenging. And I think that's because most writers are multi-talented. We love exploring. We love researching. We love learning new things. And it's really hard to niche down. In fact, 
The woman whose email I read to you at the beginning of the episode told me, I can't settle on a niche. We're going to spend a lot of time in upcoming episodes discussing why it's important to choose a niche and stick to it, particularly if your goal is to write books. While some writers are quite successful writing in several genres or in several niches, I think that they are the exception to the rule. For most of us, identifying one thing that we want to be known for works much better than being a generalist in terms of managing your brand and efficiently running a viable writing-related business. Your niche might be a writing-related service that you provide. And here's how some writers I know replied to the question, what do you want to be known for? One person said, I want to be a trusted and in-demand instructor on the topic of how to write a memoir. Another person said, I want to be the top content writer in my area for local businesses that specialize in selling garden supplies. Another one said, I want to mentor self-published authors how to promote their book. And then another said, I want to be the go-to virtual assistant for novelists looking to outsource their social media content. So your niche might be a genre of writing, such as sci-fi or steampunk or literary criticism or educational curriculum. Your first action step for today is to write one sentence that states what you want to be known for. Here's another way of thinking about it. If you could choose any type of writing-related business to become the world's top expert in, what would it be? Okay, don't be afraid here. You don't have to show this to anyone, but writing it down will make it seem real. And if you're feeling brave and you want to publicly hold yourself accountable for taking action, post what you want to be known for in our private Facebook community for the podcast. You'll find a link to join the group in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. Now, for many of us, making a public commitment makes it really real, and it vastly increases our chances of following through. So to recap your first action step, write one sentence that states what you want to become known for. If you could choose any type of writing-related business to become the world's top expert in, what would it be? All right, trait number two of a professional writer is to practice. Once you've identified what you want to become known for, it's essential that you begin practicing it if you haven't already started. In his book, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell says that it takes 10,000 hours of deliberate practice to become an expert, that is to achieve mastery. Okay, 10,000 hours. That's equivalent to devoting three hours a day to your craft every day for nine years. The sheer volume of practice you put in alone won't make you a competent writer, although it certainly does help. There's also that intangible factor of having some innate skill. For example, I could study math eight hours a day for the next 30 years, and I would not achieve mastery. That's because I don't have a math mind. My brain is not predisposed to loving numbers, and I would find the experience frustrating and life-sucking. When it comes to words, however, my brain is wired to understand words and use them effectively. If I could choose ways to spend my time, I would be absolutely delighted to write, edit, and read words all day, every day for the rest of my life. 
my innermost being knows that I will never tire of the wonder of words. Now, I'm not saying that you need to spend three hours a day for the next nine years practicing before you can call yourself a professional. Not at all. You need a 10% edge. 10%. That's it. That means you need to know 10% more than the people you serve. You are going to pick up the other 90% as you go along. So don't get stuck thinking, oh, I have to practice for nine years before I can publish anything. No, no, no. 10%. (laughs) That's it. You need that 10% edge. So while practicing is critical to mastery, other factors come into play, such as your innate talent or your ability to grasp the intricacies of language and business and marketing, as well as your personality and what I call your stick Speaking of stick here's your next action step. As you plan your calendar for each day, keep what you identified as that thing that you want to become known for top of mind. Then intentionally make decisions throughout the day that align with what you want to become known for. That means building in time each day to practice. And practice time won't just magically appear in your daily schedule. You're going to have to say no to some of the things that you're currently doing that do not align with what you want to become known for. Trait number three of a professional writer is to fight against imposter syndrome. As you begin making the mindset shift and practicing that thing that you want to become known for and saying no to things that get in the way, you're going to experience imposter syndrome. And you're going to think, oh, I'm a phony. I'm a fraud. How did I ever convince myself that I could do this? I'm not experienced enough. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. Well, like most people, I have battled imposter syndrome. I remember the time I was invited to teach a course on branding at a writer's conference. I was determined to master every nuance of branding. And so I read a bunch of books on branding. This was in the days before podcasting. Otherwise, I would have listened to a bunch of podcasts on branding too. And as I read the books, it occurred to me that I already knew a lot about branding. In fact, I started branding way back in 1983. Yes, you heard that right, 1983. At the time, I was advising the yearbook class at a high school. My yearbook staff and I would come up with a theme for the yearbook. We'd design a logo. We'd decide on color palette, on fonts. We'd create a style guide for graphics, for copy. And then throughout the year, we ran all kinds of sales and promotions to get people to buy the yearbook. We were doing brand development. We just didn't call it that. And making the realization that I had plenty of experience as a brand development specialist helped me to say, imposter syndrome, be gone. Okay, it didn't go away completely, but it got a little bit less. (laughs) I will admit that. When you start feeling anxious and imposterish, you're even more prone to compare yourself with others. And you think, oh, I'll never be as good at this as so-and-so. For example, let's say you've started an Instagram account and you have 250 followers. You might compare yourself with another writer in your niche who has 25,000 followers and you think, oh, I'll never get as many followers as her. What you may have neglected to take into account is that this other writer has been conscientiously building her Instagram following for five years. She's 10 or 20 steps ahead of you. A better way for you to look at this might be to say, hey, 
I have 250 Instagram followers. That is a fantastic start. I'm going to be committed to my followers and I am going to generously serve those 250 people. We all start out with zero. Zero fans, zero followers, zero email subscribers, zero listeners to our podcast, or maybe we have a handful like our mom, our siblings, and our best friend. Whether you interact with five people or 50 people, commit to serving them with your all. The same way that you would serve 500 or 5,000 or 500,000 people. And this is trait number four. Generously serve your audience. Your readers have challenges. They have questions. They have frustrations related to that thing that you want to become known for. They want to overcome a challenge or achieve something. And you can help them achieve it because you've been practicing it yourself. You've seen results. You believe you can help them get results too. When you are committed to confidently and lovingly leading them, serving them unselfishly with the intent that you will help them achieve the results they want, that imposter syndrome is going to shrivel up like a dried apple. You're going to begin feeling more comfortable in your new professional writer skin. Being a professional also means working and behaving in such a way that others view you as consistent, competent, reliable, confident, worthy of respect. For me, all those things are summed up in one word, ethical. Or another way of putting it, doing business with integrity. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. You honor your commitments. You meet deadlines. You exceed expectations by routinely over-delivering. When you make mistakes, and yes, you will make them, you are accountable. You own your mistakes. You don't blame them on others. You apologize. You find solutions. You work to fix it. And you vow not to make the same mistake again. You're truthful. You don't tell little white lies or you don't cover for other people's deceptions. You show respect to those with whom you interact. Before you say a word or take an action, you consider how your words or actions will impact others. You're consistent. Your behavior, whether you're working with clients or coworkers, is the same as when you're around your family, your friends, or when you're by yourself. Now, some of these behavioral traits might seem like a tall order, don't they? You might be thinking, oh, well, I have trouble meeting deadlines. I really need to work on that one. Or like me, you might be thinking, I have a really hard time admitting when I'm wrong. I need some practice in that area. I need a lot of practice in that area. So here's your third action step for today. Choose one trait, one, of being an ethical professional that you most need to work on. Notice there I didn't say most want to work on, most need to work on. You need to get really honest with yourself here. One trait of being an ethical professional that you most need to work on and then commit to start working on it today. I heard from another reader named Tammy. She's a life coach who started blogging back in 2011. She wrote, I have finally begun believing the seeds God planted long ago are meant to blossom into something more than I had imagined. Isn't that beautiful? Since 2011, Tammy has been making this mindset shift to professional writer, and she has reached the point 
of beginning to believe that she truly is a professional writer and that these many years of faith and courage are going to result in something more gorgeous than she ever could have imagined. It all starts with having a dream or a vision or a calling and taking action on that dream, practicing and practicing, connecting with your readers, serving them selflessly and generously. Today, choose to be fearless, decisive. Say out loud right now, I am a professional writer. Whether you kind of whisper it or you just announce it to the world in general, say it out loud. I am a professional writer and begin to live it. Thanks so much for joining me today for the Professional Writer Podcast. Be sure to head over to bloggingbistro.com to check out today's show notes and to subscribe to the show. And also you'll get email notifications of each new episode when you subscribe. And since this is a brand new podcast, I would love it if you'd leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. I'll talk with you again in the next episode.